0: Thank you for downloading this episode of a History of Central Florida podcast. This is the podcast where we explore Central Florida's history through the artifacts found in local area museums and historical societies. This is the series brought to you by Riches, the regional initiative to collect the histories, experiences, and stories of Central Florida and the Orange County Regional History Center. I am Kevin Stapleton and I will be your host for today's episode titled The Art Colony Bell. The bell is set in a Spanish styled arch on the grounds of what is now the Maitland Arts Center. The property and the bell was initially used by the research studio or the colony as it was commonly known. It was an artist commune designed and built by Andre Smith in the late 1930s. The bell was used to summon the eclectic group of artists who were selected by Andre Smith to live and work in the center during the winter months. The colony was a project begun by Smith but supported by local philanthropists. Mary Curtis Bach, the founder of Ladies Home Journal, who along with her husband created the Bach Tower Gardens in Lake Wales, Florida, was an early supporter of Smith and the Colony. Another early supporter was Annie Russell, the famous stage actress who had made Winter Park her home by this time and helped build the Rollins College Theater named in her honor. Smith, Bach, and Russell are all immortalized on the bell. Bethany Gray, from the Maitland Arts Center explains the origins of the bell and how these three people became associated with the bell.
1: Mary Curtis Bach, who we generally know associated with the Bach Tower Gardens, was the uh, woman who funded Andre Smith in creating his vision here at the Maitland Art Center, which is originally called the Research Studio. Um, There are several bells, obviously, at the Bach Tower Garden, so Mary had her own connection. Um, This bell was made in England for her, to her specifications, and was um, installed for the opening ceremonies here at the Research Studio on the 1st of January in 1937. There are three sets of initials on the bell, Mary Bach, Annie Russell, and Andre Smith and the initials are in Andre Smith's handwriting. Mary had them cast into the bell with, with Andre's designs.
0: The bell was designed by Andre Smith, financed by Mary Curtis Bach and cast by John Taylor and Company of Lowborough, England in 1937. Bethany Gray discusses the purpose of the bell.
1: Well, originally um, the bell was to be rung for uh, calling the artist to common meals or any time there was going to be a meeting in the courtyard. Andre was an extremely private person. He didn't spend a lot of one-on-one time with the Bach Fellows, but he did occasionally want to collect them all together and the bell was a signal for people to gather in the courtyard.
0: These communal gatherings would include Smith as well as Achilleo Duke Banca, a friend of Smith and a caretaker at the colony. Richard Colvin from the Lake Eustis Museum of Art describes the scene surrounding these frequent events and who might be involved in these regular rituals.
2: And the story always went is that he instituted a a tradition of having afternoon tea uh, several times a week, and uh, he would ask Duke Banca to ring the bell uh, at 4 p.m. when he wanted the artists to gather. The base of the bell, just outside that little uh, loggia, is a uh, a rectangle of, uh, of uh, pavers. And that's where he would have Duke set up a table, maybe leave a table set up, and he would meet the artists to discuss their ongoing projects and, I guess, anything else that might come up. A lot of what we uh, knew about that uh, particular tradition not only came down from the, from, through the Banca family, but also a particular photograph, which they have there, um, which shows uh, Smith, Duke Banca, sitting there with several of the Bach fellows.
0: The research studio was a unique artistic and cultural center during the 1930s. Richard Colvin tells us that while Andre was an artist in his own right, the research studio was probably his greatest work.
2: Well, Andre Smith um, was a visionary artist, um, architect. He's also fairly well known uh, as a uh, as an advocate and an activist in uh, and as an artist during World War One, which was uh, basically his earliest his earliest fame, but. His greatest aco- accomplishment probably, in addition to his own personal artwork, which was uh, exquisite, um, but his greatest uh, accomplishment was probably the creation and subsequent administration of the research studio that he built um, opening up in uh, January of 1938 and where he lived um, each winter until, until his death in 1959.
0: Smith was dedicated to his artistic experiment. Bethany Gray talks about how he selected some of the artists who attended the center.
1: He is looking for um, the most progressive sort of avant-garde characters that he can find to bring here um, for his winter long fellowships. He has plenty of connections in New York City galleries up there and he's taking recommendations from them as well as from artists that he knows to be able to sort of single out the the individual types that he's looking for.
0: We do not know all of what was discussed at these events. The Research Center was also closely connected to the community of Eatonville and Andre Smith was sometimes a critic of the racial and social structure in Central Florida. Bethany Gray tells us about Smith's advocacy concerning race relations in Central Florida.
1: He um, found the community at Eatonville just to be an inspiring and uh, lively, colorful community. Um, He actually wrote uh, several articles about contrast between the two communities on either side of the tracks, as you would put it, um, in the Winter Park topics. Some of them are somewhat scathing. Um, He has not the nicest things to say about some of the... uh, more traditional artists and their subject matter, and uh, a lot of really nice things to say about the people in Eatonville that he was painting. Um, But there were African American um, friends of uh, Mr. Smith that were here regularly at the colony. Um, He was close friends with Zora Neale Hurston, for example, and she was frequently found here having tea. And he spent a lot of time in Eatonville as well. He was familiar with um, many of the people over there. He enjoyed painting them. Um, And he would have, you know, the Eatonville choir over for his events, which caused him a lot of trouble with the um, upper-class white folks that would come around here. They would tend to get into uh, arguments about why he would have them here at the grounds, and he would tend to send the uh, unhappy white folks home at those moments.
0: The connections to the Eatonville community were both artistic and social. Smith's art and advocacy did not stop at the border between Maitland and Eatonville. Zora Neale Hurston, who was not only a literary fixture of the Harlem Renaissance but also a resident of Eatonville, was a frequent visitor at the center and she and Andre Smith worked together on projects and plans. Bethany Gray tells us about some of these collaborations.
1: Probably the most interesting thing that Andre and Zora worked on together was much like the community that Andre created here, he drew according to the discussions that he and, and uh, Zora had had, uh, plans for a cultural community very similar for her. Now, obviously it was never built, but that was sort of a little pet project that they worked on together.
0: Andre Smith left a legacy during his stays in Central Florida. Richard Colvin speaks to that legacy.
1: The number one
2: lasting uh, impact of Smith, I think, would have to be considered the... Uh, the physical stuff that he left behind, which would be the, uh, the 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 body, as it were, the corpus of the of the research studio. Um, now the now the Maitland Art Center. Um, it may be his greatest work of art because it's it's just covered with uh, with his sculpture and his his the whole thing was his design. Uh, also his own artwork and the artwork of the of the uh, of the people that lived and worked there that, that is still there.
0: Bethany Gray tells the story of the center after the death of Andre Smith in 1959.
1: The colony does just sort of fall into neglect for quite some time. There were a few artists that were locals that were associated with the research studio that stayed on in some um, sort of buildings on the perimeter as long as they could and attempted to prevent uh, vandalism and theft Um, and that went on until probably the 70s for a while it sat completely empty there was a lot of damage done to the outdoor sculpture there were pieces stolen uh, and the city eventually purchased it Um, and the agreement is that it will always be used for artistic purposes we have a small sampling of works from each of the Bach Fellows and a pretty good collection of Andre Smith's work which is the bulk of it belongs to the city of Maitland.
0: Unfortunately we may never know the details of the inspiring discussions, heated debates, or the dialogue about race that was happening at the colony that was missing in the public conversations taking place in the streets of the local community. Instead we have the Bell and the Maitland Arts Center that is the product and legacy of those discussions. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of a History of Central Florida podcast. For more information on Andre Smith, the Colony of Artists, and to see the bell featured in this episode, visit the Maitland Art Center at 231 West Packwood Avenue, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Make sure to join us for our next episode entitled Uniforms.